We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Backliners podcast. It's Agro and Barracuda as per usual, and you may notice that I'm getting better with putting people in the right spots on the overlay, and you'd be right, because I've remembered which side is which on my Discord overlay, so I'm killing it. And uh, our guest who is sitting in the middle, appropriately, where his name is supposed to be, is none other than Barracuda's former coach. It's Ro uh, joining the show. Ro, thanks so much for, for hopping on, man. Glad to have you. I'm here to talk about why Barry kicked me, and we're going to get to the bottom of it today. Oh. Yes, we've ambushed no. you, Barry. Yes, we've ambushed you. No. It is about time we figure it out. That is, it's a uh, drama episode, dude. Yes. This is why you didn't tell me. It's a drama episode. You had a episode. big weekend. It's about to get a lot worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start, oh, right lucky, at the, let's start right at the beginning. What is Mask doing better than Roe ever did? Yeah. <laughs> just just, just everything, you know, top to bottom, <laughs> just, you know, there's just... Bro, you can lie to I Mask thought, later, bro. Mask's probably not I watching. Thought was, I thought this was a drama episode. Well, yeah, but we want to oh, no. stir up drama that you oh. miss Roe. Like, that's more oh. dramatic. I mean, I do, obviously. Yeah. I love Roe. When I drop into chat, he's like, oh, hey, Roe, I miss you. So that's all I need in life. Okay. Yeah, You're and I love you. You can yeah. say that too. You can say wow. that. Okay. I'm not that public. No, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, come on. You know Rose PDA rules are very strict, Barris. So mm-hmm. It's true. You've got to adhere, adhere to those. Just a couple weeks without you, Ro, and he forgets all of your preferences. I mean, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. It's just... You know, I'm just being thrown under the bus, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just... that's kind of my new bit, Barra, is making is throwing you under the bus. Uh, I did it what? with Destiny. Um, I'm doing it now with Ro. Uh, I know. I think I sh- I think it's going well for me, and I should just keep going. Is what I'm deciding. Yeah, you don't even ask me like who's going to be on the podcast anymore. Like you just no. tweet Rose on the podcast. Rose on the like, podcast. Okay. Hey, That's bro. That's what we I do. I uh, well, just for once, I actually what I thought ahead. Um, I asked a person. They said that they would. Then something came up for them, so they could not. But Ro had messaged me this weekend very kindly and said, hey, throwing my hand up in case you ever need anyone for the podcast, I'd be interested. And he had a he had a hand raised emoji or so he thought. But what he actually sent me was the middle finger raised emoji. So it was so funny. <laughs> hey, here's a hand in case you ever need anyone. Middle finger. Yeah, right quick. I was like, yo, wrong emoji. My bad. <laughs> No, but I I, okay. I thought you should have left it. Were you, I then, um, 
How did I respond? Oh, it's on Discord, so I can't check right now. I finished our conversation with a middle finger emoji. I, I thought that was the funniest part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that it was spicy. taken well because I was like, man, he felt bad for sending me a middle finger emoji, and then I just sent him one back immediately. So yeah. <laughs> I hope he knows that I'm trolling as well. Uh, but I think that's a safe assumption with me. Uh, yeah. All the time. All the time. Guys, Especially when you're throwing me in the bus, you know. Sorry. Well, no, that's not trolling. I take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Speaking Continue. of trolling, I'm trying to start a culture among the high-res playtesting group. Sometimes we test, uh, you know, we're, there are times where we're testing for Conquest Balance or New God and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, those are um, serious business. But sometimes we're just like testing new skins in an arena or something like that. And we just need a little bit of feedback and it's just like, you know, whatever. We're just we're just getting in there, we're playing the arena, and then we're out. I don't know about you guys, but I am physically incapable of taking an, are- an arena game seriously. No matter what. I can't do it. It's not possible. I it depends to. on the game mode. I like the arena game mode. What do you mean the arena game mode? Like it's just like a regular. Dude, if the one the way you run around comes back, like the the one with the track, mm, serious. Yeah. That's peaks my. True. But okay. if it's mm-hmm. if it's normal arena or the one where you toss people into holes, troll as much as you want. It is normal arena. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's normal. Okay. arena. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I just I I have to in. It's it. I can't. I can't not. Yeah, I think if you're playing with people that you know, then it's fine to int. But if you're playing against like the sweaty tryhard arena players, mm. then winning and tryharding means a lot more. Because like if That's they're top true. picking, if they're top picking, if they're picking like hell and Nox, you know, and just being super cringy and just running like from their base to the middle of the map, then running back, you know, never playing aggressively. Those are the people I want to stomp and like beat. But if it's like a normal arena game. I don't, like, get any, like, excitement until it's, like, less than, like, 10 tickets. And I'm like, okay, I actually want to win now, you know? The rest of the game didn't matter, but uh, these final 10 tickets, I actually want to to win this now. That's why you troll as well. You keep it close. And then it gets to, like, 20 Mm -hmm. tickets each, and then it's fun. Then it's really fun. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know the last time I won an arena play test. Um, (laughs) I don't. You troll on all the way through, even when there's, like, Uh 10 tickets left. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm reporting you. Well, look, I. Okay, here we go. I am uh-huh. not. I'm not intentionally dying necessarily, but really, like today, for example. And this is <laughs> completely unindicative of. Uh, we weren't testing anything. There's no skin or or anything like that. This is a teaser of. Um, I played Rom, and I was try. I was building full. I was trying to one shot someone with my alt. I was trying to go mannequins, hidden blade, Rom with like. Heartseeker, Titan's Bane, Transcendence, Frenzy uh-huh. Bracer, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so very serious playtesting here. Defensive Relics at all on an AC. No Defensive Relics. No, you don't need okay, it. Okay, um, that's good. <laughs> what was my build? Crusher, Transcendence. Well, Mannequins, Crusher, Transcendence. Then I think I went... Did I go Titans third? I might have gone Heartseeker third. And then I went Titans, and then I finished my mm-hmm. Hidden Blade, and then we lost before I could buy my sixth item. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right. Um, but I just I'm want... surprised you lost, though. Yeah, me too. I, um... Dude, I almost one-shot someone without either of my relics. I finally hit Hidden Blade, and I went to ult someone. I missed my first shot. I missed my big one. And then I hit the next two, and he was at 5% health. And I was like, bro, if I just hit the first one, he's dead. And I didn't even have my relics, dude. Imagine if I had relics. 
Bro, sometimes the first Rama shot's the hardest one. I it really know. is, because you don't even think about it, right? You're like, yeah, surely I can't miss this, yeah, yeah. and then you whip it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. That does happen to me, for sure. I'd say I am the most accurate with the second shot of Rama ult every time. I'm mm-hmm. never missing the second one. The third one, mm-hmm. I can certainly miss. The first one, sometimes you just let it get away from you. Uh, yep. But I'm trying to get everyone... So the culture I'm trying to start is that I want everyone to be aiming to drop a triple-double every game. That's double-digit kills, deaths, and assists in the it's arena game. In the arena, right? Because it ends. Yes. It's an arena. Just get in there. You know? Not there's no... There's no... Ba- you know, we're not worried about the balance. We're not worried about anything else. We're just trying to get in there and have some fun, test what needs to be tested, and that normally only takes like two minutes anyways, and then it's just finishing the game. Let's push the boundaries a little bit. Let's come up with some creative builds. My attack speed guardians uh, have been dominant in playtests. Um, they've been really good. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've been really good. Brit had a yeah. great idea. I haven't run this one yet. One shot with Tusky. Pure ability damage artist. Awesome? Trying to, yeah, I'm going to frenzy and then blink. I'm going to have someone brace her. I'm going to frenzy blink Tusky. And I'm going to see how much damage it does to someone with Hidden Blade. So you're roping the team into this as well. Like, you're not just, oh, yeah. like, bringing the team down. Yeah, that's what also, no, it's not even just my resources. team, bro, is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to make everyone do it. I'm trying to make everyone do it in the entire game. I want everyone so, to try and drop triple doubles. You're like an infection. Yes, in this sense, yes. But it's a positive one, you know? It's like, um... Is it? What's a positive infection? Uh, can I... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how can I find a positive one? Fun can be infectious. <laughs> okay. True. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly I think it is what I'm talking about. It's yeah. more... F- Look, how much fun can you have playing perfectly in Arena? You know? Like, coming out I mean, of an Arena uh-huh. with zero deaths, is that that fun? No, it's you same with the... Could... Go ahead. No, you go ahead, bro. You, you're I, the I guest. Will. I was going to say, I'm, I'm basically talking about you anyway. I was going to say, you can drop like 50k on x or something like that, and it's a sick game, or a Zeus mm-hmm. game, which you should love. I do. I do. So that, that's fun. But right? it's not mm-hmm. as fun to me mm-hmm. as playing full ability lifesteal King Arthur, getting really low, and then big ulting someone and healing to full in my ultimate, where no one can touch me. That is fun. Just come down as a new god. Yeah. Naja <laughs> also works, by the way. You build Jotun's Vigor and soul eater and you wait until you're really low hp and then you alt someone on your vigor proc and you heal a full in your ultimate it is awesome it sounds it sounds like you're just making like bmt's youtube videos um kind of but the worse it is the better and it's also stuff like i i <laughs> i asked my team today if i could play tiamat in only grounded stance or if, or if they would get mad at me and they said that was too far so i didn't do that yeah that's fair but that's the kind of stuff i want to do you know i want to play only uh-huh. gra- i want to play four-legged tiamat or what was the other one i suggested um oh uler in axe stance only i never switched to both that is fun that yeah. is actually fun. sound like youtube titles to be honest with you yeah 100 yeah, yeah i guess and you've got to play like five games to get one good one so you can upload yep. it right so but i'm only playing place, one but... and i'm very okay with it being over <laughs> and it's during work hours <laughs> yeah. listen i'm just trying to keep our productivity high you know we're play testing uh-huh. a couple times a day which is very good um but people got to get stuff done at the same Look, time what Okay, hear me out. So, you can buy Hasten Katana on Uller, but you can only use it in the Axe Dance. Yeah, that's not how any of that works, unfortunately. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's fast anyway, do you need that? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like you kind of smooth. Okay, it like he's is. on my ass anyway when he's in accidents. Yeah, but once they jump away, you know, you gotta jump after them, and then right. you can't hit them again, right. and then right. you know, it's one thing leads to another, and then aggro's chasing them into their fountain, asking why I can't I hit them anymore. Yeah. yeah Wait, that's that's a good question. Are you taking fountain damage in these games, aggro? Because um, that finds the level of trolling a little bit. No fountain. Well, there was one time I took fountain damage for sure. But Lermy was almost dead, okay? And I was uh, she was okay. one hit from death. So that one, uh, it was not yeah, intentional. I am taking tower damage at least once a game in Arena. You're spawn camping in Arena? No, I'm chasing someone to their oh, okay, okay, that's fine. taking the tower that's damage. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on the respawn a lot uh, <laughs> in these games. At one point, one of the QA guys, who I really like, uh, he was I was, like, explaining, you know, I'm, like, one in six in, like, five minutes. And... <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, I'm getting close to my power spike. Like, this is a, no, I said, don't worry, this is a late game build. And I had explained before we had gotten into that game that I do this because no one wants to be sitting in an arena for 20 minutes. Like, no one wants Oh, that. yeah, 100%. And I'm just making sure that doesn't happen one way or the other. Uh, and it does not mm -hmm. matter to me. And he said, you know, for someone who wants to end the game really fast and does... Your builds are oftentimes really late game builds, <laughs> and I and I've really been unable to figure out a way around that. So if you guys have any good ideas for early game troll builds, uh, I'm all ears. That would be good for me. It'll bring boots back, and then you just skip the boots and go straight to the the troll build. Oh, okay. I think that's what you're gonna do yeah, as a designer. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You oh, maybe I go. Gold. Maybe I go for the power spike builds, and I only build tier twos that have like passives on them. And I never buy a tier three. It's not that many. Wait, though, what? Right? You know, yeah, like, what if I just build like Odie Bow, uh, Warrior's Bane, or like Charged Bow? Oh, uh, right, right. Warrior's oh, okay. Bane. Um, I think I'm out for physicals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you are but, trolling. You are doing that. So yeah, that's accomplished. Look, it's not just about the trolling, it's about having a good time, yucking it up a little bit, trying to make some crazy plays happen. And just, it's not about trolling. It's about not being concerned with the outcome of the game. That is, I think, the, the big takeaway. Mm -hmm. Here's my, my therapist question. Mm -hmm. Are you doing this because you don't want to lose the playtests? Mm. No. You know, you've got professional background. That is true. No, I think, um, I think that for Arena, I actually know the reason I do it in Arena. It's because back in the day when I was playing Season 2 uh, on Xbox... The there was no SCL yet. It was all run by MLG, and um, part of the MLG qualifier in order to get to MLG New Orleans or MLG Columbus was that you had to play MLG arenas that were for points that really mattered, and so we had to play legitimate arenas that mattered a lot because they affected our land placement. Wait, was this when there was ranked arena? Or was this after no? That? This was season two. This was after that. I don't even I, remember when Ranked Arena was. Was that season zero? That was so bad. I think it was season zero or season one. I mean season zero, yeah. Yeah, I think it was season zero. But I obviously hated it. Um, and I have just been unable to take Arena seriously ever since then. I just, mm -hmm. I used up all of my, I care about the outcome of this Arena game in a very short amount of time. It was like burning, it's like trying to use low quality gasoline in a space rocket like it's gonna go it's gonna it's yeah. gonna burn that up as fast as humanly possible you know 
That's not, so you're the guy that goes right out of the arena base, like at the start. He doesn't go oh, to yeah, buffs. And I'm, oh like, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to my buffs either. You're yeah, not getting yeah. your buffs. No, 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 okay. no, no. I don't that's do that in the play cool. tests because that 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 gets a little too far sometimes. But if I'm in your if I'm in your arena game, do not think that buff is for free because uh, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> And I might be free farm for you, but what? But someone's going down on that MPC. side of the map. Yeah, that is that is not going for free. How come everyone just decided that the left side arena buffs are their arena buffs? I don't know. Isn't that kind of weird? No, could work on changing been... that. Just one game at a time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, I've already. I feel like I'm staking my claim to the right side buffs already. <laughs> yeah, but are you VGSing the team like saying attack right lane in arena? Mm, yeah, I usually do. Oh, that's fair. I don't really attack, attack, attack. You're right putting in the work, then. That's good. Yeah, I'm trying to change. That's what I mean. I'm trying to change the culture. That's what it's all about. Sometimes it's what you get. Okay, I just realized. I don't you even know why I've the... been talking about this. To be honest, I have no idea how I started here. Uh, I blacked out. Um, I don't <laughs> even know what happened. Uh, like from working at high res or just this conversation? This conversation. Why did I start talking about this, you guys? <laughs> you were trying to get the whole team to to start trolling in the arena playtests. Yeah, why? But why did I am doing that? To be clear, but, but, why, but why did I start telling you guys about it? What like made my mind think about inting an arena? I don't know. Uh, no idea. Yeah, don't have an answer. That's that way too far back in the conversation. Yeah, unlucky. Nothing you can do about that. All right, let's talk about some mm. SPL this week, shall we? Um, oh yeah, it was uh, it was a good week. Um, first two weeks mm -hmm. of SPL, I think, have been really awesome. Uh, I don't know if I want to go over every uh, single game. But I do have a hot, a potentially hot take at the end for you guys. So get ready for that. Um, I yeah, you tweeted something. I did. Right? I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was inspired um, by the final set of the week, which was the Jade Dragons versus the Camelot Kings. But overall, um, I don't think I'm really that interested in going set by set. Friday was pretty... Uh, was pretty much as expected. Camelot Kings 2-1 the Solar Scarabs. So the Solar Scarabs certainly looked good in that set. Uh, Jade Dragons kind of dispatched the Oni Warriors. Uh, Warriors after mm -hmm. a very impressive closeout to week one by 2-1-ing the Leviathans, which probably should have been a 2-0. Um, they come in, they get 2-0'd by the Dragons pretty swiftly, and then they beat the Valkyries 2-1. I did not get a chance to watch this set a whole lot. Um, did either of you guys get a chance to watch that Valks Warrior set? And if so, could you give us a quick rundown for it? I watched the Valkyrie sets this weekend. That was the Saturday set, right? Saturday second set, yep. Uh, yeah, I ended up watching that one uh, actually just like not too long ago. And it kind of just seemed like Valks are just struggling in the macro sometimes on the map. And it just seems like their inexperience is showing often, which, as we talked about earlier, Aggro like is completely fine like yeah. they're competing with the top teams they're taking games off occasionally and in my opinion this is all they need to be doing um yeah like they they just need to be making it competitive i don't care if they're at the bottom eight seed or whatever like as long as they're making it competitive that's what they need to be doing um yeah like i think words are struggling a bit more than they should um because, like you said, like they came off really hot against the Viathans, but I think, yeah, I just think they should have like two owed this set. Um, I don't think Benny had like his best performance, um, but Warriors just seem way more cohesive in this whole set, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, the Valkyries remind me right now of where the Scarabs were 
like summer split phase two mm-hmm. last year, you know, where they're That's a good way to put it. they're winning one game and then looking pretty lost to the other two uh the most of the time and they're losing these sets. But in that one game they're looking really good. And yep. that usually means they're not far off from being able yeah. to convert one of those mm-hmm. bad games into an okay game that's a coin flip. And then once they get to that point, it means that they can convert one of those coin flip games into another good game. And that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. That makes the whole league feel competitive as well. Because you don't have, like, even yep. if they don't win a set, you don't have, like, the bottom team not winning a single game as well. At least we're still seeing them win games and, and give the fans something to, like, cheer for other yep. than just a normal underdog story. But yes. it's, it's really good to see them win games and execute, like, some sometimes interesting strategies as well. Yes, yep. there was a... There was a long stretch last year where Valkyrie sets yeah. weren't great. Yeah, that was, that was just kind of our free win influx. You know, every time you had a solo set against a Valks that weekend, you're like, let's relax. go. Baby. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be just like an off week. It's like, nice. Let's do three sets as friends this week. We'll take four days off. It'll be fine. Yeah, that was, uh, that was unfortunate. It wasn't, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't take those off as casters, but, um, yeah. you know, hopefully and, we, they were still a little entertaining. And then the other set on Saturday was Leviathan's Titans. Oh, yeah, that was and a big one. That's, yeah. Yeah, we had to study that set a lot, obviously, because we played them the next day. Yeah. Um, but Titans just seem slower than Leviathans do. Um, I think macro-wise are a bit behind uh, Leviathans on the map, and I think their picks and bands weren't, or Titans picks and bands weren't that great into Leviathans. I don't think they were like focusing on what they should have been focusing on. And yeah, it was pretty pretty clean by Leviathans, uh, both games in my opinion. Yeah, Leviathans looked really good. Sorry, Ro, go ahead. They Titans drafts confused me to be honest, but I'm just like, I'm, first of all, I'm a cab hater. I hate Cabracken right now, and mm-hmm. everybody keeps picking him. Um, I think Valkyries are picking him as well, which I hate. Um, which reminds me, I did watch a little bit of that games, but that's relevant now. Um, sure. And then, just I mean, I, this, I sound like a redditor, like a Reddit comment saying this, but like seeing them first pick Emoja twice, and then seeing on the other side of the draft, just seeing five dashes or five gods that can't get out of Emoja walls, and it's just like okay. Eventually, someone's not going to get hit by the shell and they're yep. going to lose the game. I think that's what happened in. I don't know if it's the end of game one or the end of game two, but like they just caught Paul. Mm-hmm. They had Fire Giant and everything, so they're like winning the game anyway, but they just caught Paul in a big emoji roll. He didn't get the shell and he died. Yeah, that's pretty important. I'd say, I mean, yeah. shell better. This, uh, like, that makes me think, you know, this game one, is there a carry that could have not gone Aegis? Could they have gone for shell instead like probably not against dodgy Bologna. you kind of need Aegis. no they, they could have they could have 100 percent. okay fair enough um yeah maybe Paul. Uh, yeah I was, I was also saying i just remember game one uh Ro brings up a good point paul kind of just had like bad positioning a lot in the early mid game he just got mm-hmm. caught out over and over and over again um it was the first game when he was amc Yes. Yep. Oh, dude, I remember they were gonna, they were like hard winning. Well, I thought they were hard winning this team fight because I remember Panaton like dashed in on their backline without his ult, got instantly one shot. Like he got unlucky and got double crit by a Medusa one, I think. Mm-hmm. And then like Paul was about to like try to flank Zapman after Zapman, Zapman was full committing to cycling spin, and Paul just went around this rock for like six seconds while <laughs> Zapman just killed the team, and he's just chasing Zapman around while Zapman didn't wasn't running from him. <laughs> Zapman was just killing the rest of his team, and it's just like okay, that team fight's over now. Sometimes unlucky. it's be, you know? yeah. yeah, unlucky. That's all. Uh, that's all you can say um, in that situation. Also, unlucky that Benji had to play this first game. Um, mm-hmm. Let me pull up Sot's uh, 
Sot's exact tweet so that I'm uh, I'm able to read it with perfect accuracy and not say anything okay. uh, not say anything different. Uh, he said, "Yo guys, I'm a bit sick right now and don't want to get anyone sick at the studio." Also, I got confused on the scheduling, so I missed game one. My B. I will be on game two, though, was the follow-up tweet. Um, that is uh, that is insane to me, for the record. Um, I do not know how someone gets confused on the scheduling. And speaking from experience on instances where your teammates get confused on the scheduling, um, it is nearly impossible to refocus um i think that i when Mm -hmm. i was playing i was someone who my mental was really good like i did not let how a game went impact my next game or anything like that that was one of my strengths as a player uh i have never been so tilted as i was whenever we had to forfeit a game because our sub wasn't available yada yada um and then we had to play and then he came he woke up got on to play the, the second game uh we were against a team that was winless at the time and we tried to petition Cooper to let us play with an Anubis bot on easy or let us play four V five. Um, because we would have won for the record four V five. We would have won that game. Um, and game two, but we had to forfeit. And then game two, no one said, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. No one said a single word or VGS the entire game. Everyone no was so mad. Because we knew it, because we knew that we had to win out in order to go to land, and so by losing a game, we meant it meant that we couldn't go to land, and uh, okay. that makes it a lot worse. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, did that's not terrible. say yeah. a word the whole game. One in nineteen minutes, and everyone just logged off. Like, <laughs> so I get it. Uh, I get this set not looking particularly good for the Titans. Um, I think that that is one of the harder ones to mentally recover from. Uh, is mm-hmm. silly mistakes like that so uh, it does not surprise me that they did not look like they played their best i will say how that happens to be honest with you me too i will say benji did look good yeah yeah i'm sure he did what do you think, Adulo, I think? yeah as per usual you know so yeah. shocking I mean, benji, benji looks good. good that's all there is to it aurora in the chat says yeah. solo got confused because on sunday the schedule is different uh he was up but he was pretty sick so he was just resting before our set all right uh, fair enough cool. maybe uh maybe i was being a little harsh there Aurora. i appreciate the uh the clarification but Still, to, to have a last-minute adjustment like that and be able to refocus, um, I think, is a, is a difficult task. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the Titans were able to do it uh, for Sunday, you know, bounce back and looked pretty good against the Valks. Valks also looked pretty good in this set. You know, it certainly wasn't a full-on stomp uh, on Sunday again for the Titans versus the Valks. But, um, in fact, Game 2 was a come-from-behind victory for the Titans, but, uh, but still able to refocus um mm-hmm. yeah aurora said that was the least concerning thing about that week fair enough yeah fair enough <laughs> um i love answers like that i just wish i had the background information yeah that uh yeah. that's fair um all right bolts and leviathans barry your big game of the week you kind of you kind of rained on my parade here barry you know i'm always happy when you're doing well but don't you remember at the end of last week when i said the leviathans are going to come out of this weekend 2-0 they're going to win yeah. both their sets and I was feeling yeah, so the... good after they 2-0 the Titans. I was like, yeah, I'm going to look so smart. And then you made me look mm-hmm. dumb. I'm sorry. I mean, you should have uh, you should have had some yeah, faith in your I'm, boy over here. I'm sorry, he said. Do you ha- hey, podcast listener. Barry smiled the, the snarkiest smile I've ever seen a smile <laughs> snark. 
in my whole life whatever he said I'm sorry right there. That was... I've never known that someone was less sorry in their whole lives than you were in that exact moment. Yeah, that one felt very good, by the way. That felt very good. I feel like we completely outdrafted them, and then our macro was so clean. And... Yeah, that just that felt so well. good. I know Lasbro played like got a lot of the attention for how well he played, but like holy shit, like that three v three. That's when I felt like when I was on balls or even Renegades, um, when when that three v three was popping off, that team felt mm-hmm. unstoppable. And you would like yep. come into the game, you're already three k up, and you just don't have to like you just win the game. Yep, and it's so nice. And, and uh, Jake as well had a, like a standout performance. Yeah, um, I agree. This set, and I don't know if much. Very many people talked about Jake's impact, but Jake had like an absolutely buck wild performance on this set. Like, also like we, like we went into each draft like knowing exactly what our win con was and like how to play around their win con, and we literally read their draft like picture perfect, like both drafts. And also, I think like obviously, I'm not gonna like. We had a big advantage in my opinion watching them play literally the day before, mm-hmm. and us being like. Or them being our only set that week is like a big advantage because they had two sets obviously against two top teams, um, so they have to prepare a lot for both. And then we just had them, so again, not gonna take anything away from us, but in my opinion, it was a pretty big advantage. Um, yeah, we had just read their draft so well, and last and Jake just controlled the whole pace of both early games, and we got off like so many successful ganks and set up so many plays on the map, like over and over and over again, and. Yeah, it's just really good. And then literally on the drive there, I was like, what if I just try out Shadow Steel? Like, I haven't built Shadow Steel literally once this whole year. And I'm like, if they go a healing comp, like, they're going to slam the Ardeo. And then they're going to slam the Hell, like. And, of course, they're going to slam the Erlong, too. Like, it's got to be good. Sure, right? You predicted that one, yeah. too. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, this has got to be good. And... I didn't do damage to frontline, so uh, I did kill those objectives, though. I did yeah. kill those objectives. You stay killing just, those objectives, that's for sure. Something about Spectral and, you know, Crit, just, you know, they don't, they're not friends. So I did not do damage. Uh, but that's fine. Um, and, yeah, game one, I think we just controlled literally the pace the entire game. Uh, we, like, didn't allow Shinto to have an impact at all, and Lash just controlled the whole early game. And then game two... Um, our draft is like light years better than theirs, in my opinion. And then I played pretty sloppily in the early game, in my opinion. I should have never died the first or long gank because I I knew that he was going to camp me and like like they were going to hard swap the way they played from game one. And then I still died of the gank. And then the one time he came to my purple, I ulted and beads and still didn't get my purple. And I'm like, I'm just sad now. So yeah, but once once we got a team by stage, we kind of knew that we couldn't lose just because our draft was just so much better than theirs. But yeah. Lockins are a very like predictable team, um, just with like what they want to draft and how they want to play the map. So um, yeah, we just kind of had their whole playbook. Well, I can't believe you didn't um, say you were talking about your advantages that you had this week, and you didn't mention. Oh, the here one. it is, <laughs> Barracuda, <laughs> which is. Hold on, let me get a quick drink of my water. <clears throat> Mint Mobile, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Barrett's that you've got the nation's largest oh, wow. 5G network and you're only paying 15 bucks a month from it. 
Barrett, mm-hmm. your advantage is that you could think you could have called me up on the weekend like you normally do, not, uh, and say, hey, why don't I just build Shadow Steel? And I would have heard you mm-hmm. in perfect quality. And you also wouldn't have needed to chain, add my number to your new phone when you switched over to Mint Mobile because Mint lets you keep all of your contacts uh, intact and your mm-hmm. current phone. Um, there's no, literally no downside except you get literally. to have more money to make more mistakes with that's that's your only downside um no you're gonna invest all all that money and then that money is gonna make you more money you're not gonna be making mistakes you're gonna be using that money for profit oh okay see but what about when i get rich off of all the money i've saved um and then i make bad life decisions because being rich makes you evil uh i have no i i don't think you would ever do that knowing you so mm-hmm. chat as well and all the listeners out there they would only make positive decisions in their life that are good for the long run and the short run mm. so whether that money is going to like groceries that week you know maybe a little date night maybe a little mm. red box rental you know oh okay barry keep going how does your oyster yeah. with that extra money uh-huh and you, it, what are what are some of the the red the box end of date, date nights, nights that you're uh, that you and Destiny are enjoying because you guys are Mint Mobile users? Well, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, Redbox kind of sucks now. Okay, uh, so the movies. I thought this was gonna be another sponsor. I thought we were just segueing into another. <laughs> oh, one. oh, that's a good idea. Okay, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. It's something. It's it's not. Sorry. <laughs> it's nothing against Redbox. It's just the movies nowadays aren't that great. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm a boomer, but I just don't get excited when I see like the 25th Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I'm that's or like the scary movies were way scary when I was younger now or younger now, younger before. And now oh. there's just like I'm just watching like scary YouTube videos. So well, I mean, something that it's red box to do with the fact that you were uh, maybe like younger and a child uh, that made those things scarier to you. No, definitely not. Okay, great. Just I'm, to... I'm still scared of the dark, and I'm 31 years old. Okay, well, the dark. I'm not very comfortable with the dark either. So You're I... right now, Barry. Don't so... look behind you. <laughs> yeah, you all kind of in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, great. Uh, we have Mint Mobile as a sponsor, but we have now ruled out Subway by by crapping on Subway and Redbox yeah. as potential sponsorships. So that's unlucky for us. So because we're not getting sponsorships for them, that means it's even more important that you guys get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped straight to your door for free by going to mintmobile.com slash backliners. That's mintmobile.com slash backliners. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash backliners. And we are basically eliminating a potential sponsor every week. So it's really important that you guys support the show by uh, by interacting with the sponsor that we do have, which is, of course, the unbelievable Mint Mobile. Um, yeah, overall... What are your two favorite Ryans? From your two favorite Ryans, Ryan Bailey and Ryan Reynolds, both of whom uh, approve of Mint Mobile, for sure. Um, do you think anyone has ever used me in the same sentence as Ryan Reynolds before, besides me? Probably not, right? I just did. Besides you or me? Okay. Probably not. But that's <laughs> two's not bad, you know? <laughs> two two is start. not bad. I'm, I'm taking that. we start from the bottom. That's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also ruled out a lot of pizza chains, specifically Papa John's. But I would never take a sponsorship from Papa John's because that dude sucks. Oh. Uh, and so does his pizza. Um, 
So that's and that's where I'm leaving it. To hold that, Papa John. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, final set of the week was Jay Dragons up against the Camelot Kings. This was a fun set to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I caught a majority of this one, uh, mostly the back half of it. I did not see a whole lot of this first game, but um, seems like Big Man Tings was kind of popping off on the Persephone, as he is known mm-hmm. to do from time to time. Persephone looking pretty good as of late in the SPL, I'd say. Benny Q's been playing her, making it look good. Um, Big Man Ting's playing her, making it look good. I think that she is... Uh, I think that she's one of the better mid laners right now, though that is not my spicy take of the week, necessarily. That's still to come. Yeah, I think it's spicy at all, because in like the lands leading up to SPL, she was picked a lot, yeah. and with the flat pin build, she literally won depth. Like, yeah. that god does so much damage in their ult. But in my opinion, most of the time, it gets like pretty high value in teamfights, especially late game. Yep. Um. So yeah, very good character. And I did like game one, that Dragons went for the Merc, their like old style of like Merc and ganking duo. Yep. Um. Which, yeah, I mean, that's like their identity, so I like to I like that they were trying that, and then as the set went on, we got to see, like, the Kalina Hebo meta, like, grow a little bit throughout mm-hmm. this set, and I thought that was really interesting as well. Yeah, Kalina, um, definitely very good. Uh, feels like one of those characters that you have to have an answer for, uh, and there aren't very many mm-hmm. of them, so good luck most of the time that that get, god gets locked in, but... It didn't go well with the Persephone Kalina in game two. Jade Dragons uh, came back after losing that first game with the Mercury and won game two. This was Pagon. This was the Pagon show. Uh, my man was Mike just well, yeah. popping. Yeah, Wait. Mike as well. Um, Sam show in the beginning. True. The beginning and mid game, Sam the, was yeah, yeah. Go to hogging. the mid game. Yeah. Yeah. Hebo, is Hebo just like the guy in the jungle right now? I feel like he kind of might be. I feel like that's kind of the guy that I want more than anyone else right now. I feel like there's yeah. a god like once a week, and then, then like the next week it gets kind <laughs> of like soft counted, and the third week it's like like hard counted after that. Like I remember Kalina week one was just like the most OP god in the game, and now we're seeing like she has faults, and people are reacting mm-hmm. to it. The same thing's gonna happen to Hebo, in my opinion. Fair enough. Well, then I wonder if it's gonna sit, happen to the same god that I'm about to bring up. Game three, Kings just dominated throughout. Uh, this game was never close. They went eleven to two. Um, just complete domination from them. And I think mm-hmm. it was really on the back of Genetics' ESET pick. And I mm. think that this god, in support, just puts pressure on the map in a way that is really, really hard to answer. And that mm-hmm. if you let ESET more than any other god that's viable in support right now, if, you, if an ESET is picked and you do not pick things to set it behind in your mid 3v3 if you don't if you cannot put pressure on the e set in your mid 3v3 your game is basically over unless they mess up mm-hmm. because when this god gets to dictate how the engagements start it feels nearly impossible to to come back i just don't think that you can let e set dictate the pace of the game from support and hope to beat it because it's it's tools are just so good at starting fights, if if everyone's grouped on her, counter engaging doesn't really work. A circle of protection is really good. She gets super tanky super quickly with this Lono second, which I really like. Um, I think that he said is a type of. Do I think he said is broken OP? No. Do I think that it is by far the best support in the game? Probably not. But I do think that it is the type of pick that if it gets picked, 
and you didn't draft with an answer in mind, your game just became really, really, really hard to win. More so than against most supports. There's two gods in the game that do that for me right now, and that is actually Eset and Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. And I think Cthulhu, at least, uh, we can talk about it because, like, I, I, everybody can see it. So it's like I'm not spoiling anything, and I don't think I don't know how mm -hmm. Haddix thinks about it anyway. Yeah. But like Haddix is the only one, in my opinion, in the game, or at least in the spell right now, that's picking and building Cthulhu correctly. And in that game too, even though like it, it kind of got a bit wishy-washy, like Barra said, he got picked once. Um, this mm -hmm. is the, like his set against Leviathans, um, and it got to kind of even. But there was just no way they were ever ever losing that game because there was not a single answer to Cthulhu, especially with the way. He, the correct way to build Cthulhu, which is like the, the stacking health, which was like the OG way to build Cthulhu when Stone of Gaia, I think, was really good. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that Haddix has, I think, base health, not base health, but like with, without ulting, without green buff, without anything else like that, he has about 4k health, like 3.8k or 3.9k or something like that. I can't remember what Cthulhu's base is. Uh, with all of his items, and then when you alt, you get 25% more. You have green buff, you get like, I don't know, six or somewhere between six and eight stacks of green buff. And then when you three, your heal heals everybody for 12% at max rank. And I, actually, well, here, Agro, you're a designer. How much yeah. do you think Cthulhu heal is healing for like your team with, if they're in combat, obviously, and they mm -hmm. don't have anti-heal on them, which they didn't have anti-heal on that game, right? Uh, Flat number. A lot. Across the whole, across four other people? No, just like, how, how much is he healing one guy? Like, one of your carries for? Oh, he's probably healing them for like, at least... Two fit like three hundred. It's six hundred. Six hundred. That's a six hundred flat heal that nobody had an answer to. They had twenty five percent anti heal on like a pestilence or something like that. And like Barra's playing all around as well. He's not dying when he's getting a six hundred flat. Like I think you can get your Cthulhu three off like three or four times or something late game. Barra's not dying <laughs> at that point. Crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> that game was, was not losable when Haddock's got six k health or like five k health on Cthulhu and he's healing his team for six hundred apiece. Yeah, that seems so. hard to lose. That, that, but that's that's the level I put Isat at as well. By the way, if yeah. you don't have any Isat, if you don't have anything threatening her in the early game, like make her actually be on the back foot, then she can take over games. I think we did it a lot um, leading into Worlds. I don't know what to talk about yeah. Worlds itself, but like we didn't lose a scrim with Isat leading into last Worlds. It, yeah. it just felt so yeah. OP because nobody was countering it at all. Yeah, it's not necessarily about the lane 2v2, because you're not beating that god in the lane 2v2, like, pretty much ever. Drafting to beat it in the lane 2v2 isn't even worth your time. We saw somebody die on it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, inbound died to Kepri Medusa lane, I think, against Kings. Was it Kings? Yeah, I suppose And then he had a rough game on it. That was the worst ESET game we saw. Not because, like, inbound played it poorly, I'm just right. saying, like, he... Like, if you get behind from the start, then, yeah, you can be kind of useless. But, yes. yeah, if you get ahead on that god, it's crazy. Yeah, when you get ahead mm -hmm. on ESET, it's just, like, it's just so hard to to do anything. Because she stuffs your engage so well. She engages so well. She's so hard to pick. Um, it, it's just it's just really, really good. So, I think that mm -hmm. my, my, that that is basically the, the core of my hot take. Is that I don't know if ESET is the best support in the game though i'm not shying away from that it's that if you don't draft if they draft an e-set and you don't get ahead if you don't set her behind in the early it's like letting a hell get ahead or like chronos getting ahead you know these, mm -hmm. these late game gods uh it it feels very similarly to that in my mind that it just becomes not impossible 
but your percentage to win dips significantly more so than most gods. So what do you guys think about, uh, you said if you're going Jimmo Isolation after Thebes? Mm. Yeah, not a fan of that. Okay. What about really? the jungle without beads? Yeah, that was... That was yeah. That was just, that was a game as well. This weekend? I couldn't believe Scream didn't go beats, man. I just could not. Believe he he was in my chat when I was watching the games back today, and what, what was, <laughs> was his like... uh, defense? Uh, I don't remember what his defense was. Oh, I think it was just like if I don't die in a boar, then we win or right, something like right. that. And, and also, um... if a boulder falls through the sky and hits the power out uh, of the studio, <laughs> um, then we can also win that game. Yeah, I was watching the game, and he had Blink first, and I was like, okay, he's into, like, a Hebo, and I don't remember what else it was, and I was like, okay, he's just gonna go Blink Aegis. And then at 12, he gets Shell, and I'm like, interesting. That is... Emoja, right? Yeah, he wanted to go through Emoja wall. But then yeah. he got Emoja 3'd into a Medusa stun, couldn't beads, and died, and the, and the enemy team got Fire Giant and a bunch of Phoenixes. And then I think the next team fight, I think the game was basically over anyway, but the next team fight, they were defending Fire Giant, he got bored and died, and I was like, okay, well. Game's over. This is the most impactful death you can have in the entire game. And yeah. he didn't have beat either of them, unfortunately. It, yeah, it seems... It seems very scrimmy, like the ESET jungle. I would like to see, like, maybe it pop off really well at SPL, but it seems like something where you can just get ganks off all day in scrims because no one really cares in scrims, like, mm-hmm. about ganks. And they're like, oh, yeah, ESET jungle is coming to your lane, Barra. Haha, <laughs> okay. That's Might fine. be able to 1v2, like, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, bring it on, buddy. Like... <laughs> Uh, and I just don't know if like the team fight was really like that sick with Eastside Jungle. I would like to see it some more before I have like a more defined opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting to see like teams try a lot of different things. I know we've been seeing a lot of like different ADC picks, different styles, different builds. Um, that sounds like, like sarcasm, but it's not. But we're also seeing like Susan mid and stuff like that as well. So and seeing the maids jungles is fun. People are saying like the meta is kind of stale right now, and maybe it isn't ranked. I, I'm having fun with ranked, but I don't think the meta is actually that stale. Yeah, the game doesn't look that different from a top down, but when you start to look into like the the macro play, or sorry, the micro play and the draft differences between last season, um, I think it's a way different game. Yeah, I agree. I think the game is is pretty significantly different. I mean, Obelisk itself just changes the macro of the game so much. Mm-hmm. Um, in how you want to play the map and that kind of stuff. I'm actually, uh, I definitely, when I think about what I'd want to be saying on cast and that kind of stuff right now, I would love to be able to just like take some of these slow early games and really break down like where teams put pressure ahead of these flower spawns so that, because they Mm -hmm. know that they're coming and like, look at how different the warding patterns are compared to last year. And like, when are we warding? Where are we warding? When does that matter? You know, how are support rotations, like, changing based on these sorts of things? You know, I, I think all of that is super interesting to me. Um, and, I was kind of yeah. sort of got over-nerfed a little bit. Um, yeah. Just because, well, then again, as a solo lane player, in ranked at least, it was kind of rough not having an impact. Like, I would get some flowers, the enemy support would steal them, and then the enemy team was, or my enemy solo laner who I've solo killed is ahead of me 300 because <laughs> the enemy support stole on the obelisk twice. I, but then again, I could TP to the obelisk and have, like, a huge impact play, which, right. by the way, is the only thing, well, I don't know, he's not TPing to obelisk, but the only thing Haddix is doing as well, by the way, he's only going TP, which I didn't, then again, you guys only played two games, so I might be wrong, but sure. he's only going TP when everybody else is going blink beads and stuff like that. I think that's, like, Little things like that, the meta is just totally different, and it's a lot 
deeper. Then again, we're at the start of the season. Everyone's just figuring it out, right? So yes, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure things will be changing up um, as the year goes on. Uh, that's super troll of me to say because I know what's happening. But uh, things will, of course, change. They always do. Uh, so I'm excited to see what everyone's reaction is this week because patch notes are in just two days from this recording. Um, yeah, I've heard that this is a pretty big like game-changing patch so i'm kind of excited i don't know any details about it obviously and i've just I heard and i will not react it's... to that at all well, and i will not that the next patch was going to be big right Agra? oh yeah i did tweet it yeah this one's big yeah. Yeah. this <laughs> one's big I'll... thank you Ro. i am allowed to say that yeah yeah it's a big patch um i'm very interested to see what uh the the general community reaction is um I'm, i've been mm-hmm. you know and it's actually been extra difficult because this is such a big patch and we also changed our patch release cycle so that normally patch notes would have been last week and then it would have been this, you know, last week, whatever, this week we would have been waiting still and then they would go live uh, on what today is the 11, uh, April 11th. It'll go live on the 19th, but we normally would have had the patch notes show the 5th, April 5th, but we're not, ha- or the 6th, sorry, on, on Wednesdays, we have them on Wednesdays. We're not having it until a week, you know, you have to wait less than a week for the patch to go live now. So it's very interesting. Um, just like, no, I've been sitting on this for so long and normally I would have been able to talk about it by now, but I got oh, wait true. a few more days. Um, I think it's, it's like Christmas. Yeah, it is kind of like Christmas. But it's like I, Christmas I it's where you don't change. know if the kids are going to like what you got them, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the way it feels. I think they're going to like it, uh, yeah. but you never know. You never know. Sorry, Ro, you're gonna say something. Uh, I'm just gonna say, like, I, I like it in general. Like, I didn't like knowing the patch changes was coming in two weeks and just being just like, okay, this god is OP, is gonna get hard nerfed, and then mm-hmm. people are just spam playing it and ranked until it's gonna get nerfed. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is just kind of annoying. Uh, but then again, as well, you know, like, oh, this god's getting buffed in two weeks. I've never played it. I can just like practice it, and then when it gets buffed, I'll play it. Um, but you can do that anyway. What if you're saying patch notes are gonna be on like Thursday or, or Friday? Uh, I think it is Wednesday. I think patch notes oh, are oh, oh, next. Okay, okay. Yeah, should be. And then there's like a yeah. Thirteenth, and then we normally patch on Tuesdays, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be and then, the nineteenth. Yeah. So six days. Any PTS on it? Um, I don't know what I can say. So I always err on okay, the side of caution. Uh, yeah. but we will be able to give that info on the patch note show. Um, In general, I think it's better than having the information like two or three weeks old at that point and then you finally get the patch Agreed. um mm. and, unless it's like a big patch like uh like new season or maybe mid-season but like new season especially where you want to have like multiple pts rounds and you want to give your feedback yeah um and it doesn't matter yeah yeah we'll uh we will see i think people are gonna like it otherwise we wouldn't do it if we didn't think people would like it but it's hard to you know even with smite which is obviously not the the world's biggest game but uh, it's not a small game either, and we have a lot of players, and trying to please all of them is uh, difficult, to say the least. But that's why I've got a job, you know, is to try and yeah. figure out what everyone wants. I think it's impossible to make every role feel good at the same time. And I think smart players just don't know how to accept that. Yes, and Because, no. yes, and well, no. if, like, if a soul owner gets ahead in any game, ADC will never feel good. Yes. Like, that's just what it is. Like, that's, like, or if, like, their jungler gets ahead, ADC will never feel good. And if jungle's strong, then ADC is just dead. And I think people need to, like, 
be more accepting to their role not being like in the strongest state because i don't think adc is in like the strongest state right now unless you're like playing hard through duo lane but i think like for the casual like player base i just don't think they understand that like it's okay for the other parts of the map to be stronger than you and like in, in duo like you can't like smork the 2v2 the whole game or you get rotated on by the mid jungle like that's just how it is mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean like that your role is weak that just means that you need a mid jungle that communicates to you or like you need to put out wards like yeah uh and i think that's why adc feels weak like or people are complaining about adc is just like there's so much going on the map as rose said earlier like the macro and micro plays that you're doing around the map are so important that everyone has to do like their job right now basically right and like part of adc is like farming efficiently and farming effectively it's like not dying to ganks it's not like making plays as much it's more about like playing safe and not dying so yeah, I just your think job is to click like, the tower. You click the tower, yeah. you click the the fire giant, you click the gold fury, and if you do that, then fine. Like, you've probably yeah. done what and, you're supposed to do. Yeah, like, it's okay also to not one-shot late game, because if I'm one-shotting late game, what's the point in playing a tank, you know? Or if yeah. I'm, like, hard yeah. farming late game, like, same for mages. Like, if mages two-shot tanks late game, what's the point in playing a tank if you're just going to die late game? Like, yeah, was, I just think... Was... Sorry to cut you, you go. That was one Pretty question good. I wanted to ask about mages. Is like, why aren't many people playing mages? Well, at least in your games, I mean, I can ask you this both because one, Agro, you're a mage player and a yeah. designer, and Barry, you're mm-hmm. on a pro team, but like a lot of Hunters mid, and I'm not seeing any mages or any mid laners really talk about it. Maybe they just like playing Hunters mid? I don't know. Yeah, you uh, first, Barry. AMC is just a good character right now. Uh, he just does a lot of what you want uh, a carry to do in a team fight right now. Same with like Chiron. We saw Medusa as well. Um, as well. Yeah, and you basically pick it to either counter something in the 3v3 or to have more pressure on their backline, like with the Chiron snipes, obviously. Um, There's just, like, different jobs right now that you need different roles to be doing, and sometimes mages are, like, either slightly too unsafe in mid or you, like, want to pressure more through mid than the side lanes that game, so you pick, obviously, a hunter in mid. Um... Yeah, it's it's very like gray area. I would say for why you're picking a certain thing, it's not like well, I would say like AMC is like pretty strong right now. I think everyone knows AMC is pretty strong right now. Right. Um, but outside of that, it's like your counter picking or like we saw uh, last game in the King set, uh, like the Neath Hebo combo on side lanes, yeah. and like you're just picking like we're gonna shoot this guy and he's gonna die, like or we get his beads and he's. Yeah. yeah, and it's build. yeah that that's terrifying, I love, bro. I love playing that build at the very least. I don't know about playing again. You get an, just an arrow coming towards you, and just like, where's my spot? Well, yeah, where's so, my spot? So <laughs> it's like eat it because it's gonna hurt like eight hundred, nine hundred damage in one shot. Oh, it feels so fun to play, man. I love playing that build. Yeah, for me, I think um, I think in general, something that I am a big proponent of is really thinking critically about why are we giving the characters who are getting the farm the farm and and what do they do with it um Mm -hmm. and that's why i think like the the style the kings are playing right now makes so much sense to me like the sobek and shing chen solo like how many warriors do what sobek and shing chen do with that amount of farm 
it is a short, mm. short list. And yeah. unless that you think the other team is going to punish you for not being able to, you know, the, the reason that they don't get play every game is because of their laning and their fight potential and, and their rotation potential and all that kind of stuff. But the Kings intentionally play the map in a way to facilitate those slower laning styles. And I think that when just thinking about as a backliner, like when do I have the least amount of fun playing the game? It's when their support is the same level as me. We're both level 11. Like if I'm a level 11 Merlin and that guy's a level 11 Sobek, there is no point in me playing the game because they're going to do more damage than me and they're going to have more CC than me and they're tanky. So, Mm -hmm. and that's what smite is. And I think that that's good. You know, like frontliners being able to deal damage is a, is a pillar of the game in my opinion yep if they don't need to deal am i saying they need to deal as much damage as they're dealing now or something like that no but they can't do no damage um i think that is a key differentiator between us and other games in the market at least you got and, both of your frontliners doing no damage like you can have an e-set support yeah. which does very little exactly. and then you have like this hard winning solana for example exactly so thinking about what types of characters can they it's it's two questions for me can they compete for the farm in the proper way for what our lane dictates it needs? Um, you know, in solo lane, it's being able to box and contest your, your blue effectively and fight 2v2 with your jungler. If your character can't do that, then it's probably not worth playing in solo. Um, and do, they, do I get paid on the amount of farm that I'm giving them? Or do they need that much farm? Eset's a really good example of a god that can do what Eset wants to do without the amount of farm that she needs and that she gets in mid. And that's why she's great in support because she can do her job with less income. And so trying to find these, these areas where can I find a god that is better suited to the amount of farm I'm giving them or different style of God than, than how I'm getting it on, on you know, just because I've played mages in mid forever. I think Susano and Sukiyomi and Set in mid, like, yeah, if I've got a support who's going to be able to clear, help me clear the wave and protect me as I step up and facilitate me on a dive, like, yeah, that character is going to do more with the farm that I'm giving them and, and getting them yep. more involved on their opportunities. That, that all makes a lot of sense to me. And there's a really roundabout way of me saying that hunters can test certain hunters can contest the farm in a way that a mage can and that they are higher clear and then you get paid on having another hunter by your siege potential later on in the game i think that that is a key mm-hmm. because because i think of what's the difference late game between an amc and a tiamat and it's that i'd rather have an amc if i'm trying to like burn a fire giant or uh or get a tower you know uh mm-hmm. And that and that consistent damage is is what makes it is what makes a big difference. Um, so I think, in my personal opinion, not representative of uh, the Smite design team in any way. For me, I think that there is always it is always a good thing to have a few hunters or assassins or warriors or whatever it is be viable to do a specific strategy in the mid lane. If AMC is just the best mid laner, that probably isn't ideal. But at the same time, he he can just be a mid laner, right? He doesn't need to be a duo laner. Um, I think it's a healthy god to have good anyway because he has counters. He's not that mobile. Yeah, he's fast, but like he can be dove pretty easily. You right. 
one shot yeah. a, like a, a frontliner in front of you with AMT ult, but like a snaplock Cthulhu into an like I think wait we saw it in your set like Barrett like when they're first picking AMT yep. snaplock Cthulhu one unless he builds like brawlers hard seeker or something like that you really don't care about him that much unless you're getting altered in a CC before you get in your ult for example mm -hmm. but like yep. you know a god like that that has really available counters especially a god that's been around so long like amc where everybody knows of the counters already i think it's perfectly healthy even if sometimes i mean the only bad thing about it is you're forced to react like oh it's an amc mid again and i have to play this this answer to it i'm so bored of playing this answer to it that's the only time it gets bad and that's just when the god's been in meta too long which isn't the case yet in my opinion right and it's also yeah, that's that's like not even that's very god specific you know if we're just talking about mm -hmm. like hunters in mid or physicals in mid or whatever it is it's like what if, if amc were released today how in this exact state if he we, if no one had ever heard of amc before never played the kit we release him in patch 9.4 he probably gets played in mid way more than in duo like mm -hmm. in his current iteration i think people with today's understanding of Smite, look at that kit and say, this is a mid laner kit. He's a physical yep. mage. And yep. I think that that is just what he is suited to do. Um, he wants the shorter lane. He wants help in the mid game. He wants to be aggressive. Uh, and all those things make him a physical mid laner, in my mind. That's that's the way I view it. So I, I agree that I'm surprised at how many hunters mid there are. Um, I think that it might uh, mean that mages are a little weaker than I thought, but I don't uh, think they're super weak by any means. No, I just want to make a quick note on that. It's yeah. because mage jungles are strong-ish right now. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get the magical damage that you're normally missing in a readily available slot in your team comp. Right. Um, which I... Like, I don't think that we're even close to, like, a Hunter mid being super OP meta right now. Mm -hmm. It's just because you have the easily available um, mage jungle options, uh, as well as the mages in duo don't get, like, absolutely blasted in comp. In ranked, they do. In yeah. comp, they don't. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a different world, but... Yeah, it's it's not like it's not like the uh, old metas of like oh they picked Uller mid I have to pick a high pressure hunter here or we just completely lose the early game they invade all of our red buffs and we just lose the game it's not even like that point uh, yeah, yeah and it's also I, I, I don't worry about that I just did a quick count there were six individual games where it was mage versus mage and mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't count but I think there might have only been one hunter versus hunter matchup in mid. Mm -hmm. It was Mage versus Hunter was the most popular matchup in the mid lane. And I don't I personally don't see a problem with that. I mean you look uh, at yeah. you look at League, it's very like they've got it is a constant discussion of are we going an AP jungler or an AP mid laner? Because you always want a different you know, you don't want to be the same there. Mm -hmm. But they have tons of viable mage jungles and tons of viable uh, assassin or hunter mids and they've got a ton of viable mid mages in mid and a ton of viable physical assassins in jungle so um yep. well i wouldn't say a ton their viable champion pool and competitive play is a fraction of what smites is they, <laughs> it's always had the yeah. most insane like wait i think dota 2 had maybe similar to smite at some point but i mean smite's the only competitive game that i've seen apart from the games that have like 20 champions right. of you know champion heroes whatever you want to call them 
like Smite's the only game where almost the entire God roster is being picked throughout the year. Yeah. Like, that's I, insane. I do wonder about that. I wonder if it is because our characters are closer in power level, if our pros are more open to experimentation, if league pros are more stubborn, or if it's if Smite had the amount of money and resources that these esports teams have, I wonder if th- it would go the same way. I wonder if yeah. that amount of pressure and uh, need to do the thing as perfectly as possible facilitates homogenization in that way. That's something I've thought of a lot. Um, I would say it's a mix of all of them, honestly. Because um, I do think Smite's professional scene is very unpolished, even though it is very competitive right now. I think if there was a lot more... Like, if I had, like, four coaches, mm-hmm. like, there would definitely be a different, like, atmosphere. Or, like, if the team had, like, a chef and, like, literally everything was taken care of outside of playing the game, and all you did was have to think about the game, and your coach is, like, forced you to watch VODs and forced you to, like do everything like to like a double degree basically uh i think that's my professionally would be way different which i do think in its current state is a lot of fun to watch just because i think the current spl teams are like scrambling right now mm-hmm. which like they don't know how to macro they don't have micro our team included um because i think as you said earlier the albums completely changed how you play the map and what you value on the map and I don't think anyone really knows how to do it perfectly yet. Um, so, yeah, I think that a lot of the issues that Smite Pro teams are running into would not be happening. And I do think there would be a very defined meta as well. Interesting. Ro, your thoughts on that? I, mean, I was going to say, I don't pay too much attention to these other, like especially like League of Legends patch notes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong if you pay more attention to them, but I'm pretty sure Smite is more heavy-handed in changes, which I like. Yes. They are. So or that is are. also a thing as well. Like if you take the year over the whole year, there's going to be a lot of changes throughout the year that are heavy and they're going to shift metas completely, especially like mid-season where you see like a whole new roster of gods come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that adds a big number of those gods coming into the play instead of, you know, just having a, a one meta for the entire year mm-hmm. that aren't getting changed mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. And Genetics in chat says that he thinks a certain certain top gods do ruin it in comp for widespread picks like Ardeo, Erlang, and Yumoja. And... I, I understand that point for sure, but at the same time, Ardeo, Erlang, and Yumoja equivalents in League have been Ardeo, Erlang, Yumoja for the last, like, six years. Like, Leona has been viable forever. Nautilus has been viable forever in their current iterations of their kits. And and in that, and I'm not... Okay, this is going to come off sounding a lot more negative than I mean it to. But those pros have just... I feel like from the outside looking in and I watch a good amount of their esports, I listen to their interviews, you know, I do all the, I follow it pretty closely because I think it's interesting. I don't hear a lot of supports being like, uh, oh, got to pick Thresh again. You know, it's like, yeah, I was stoked. We got Thresh because we had Aphelios and that's like a really good combo. And we, the, people have been playing Thresh Aphelios since that, since Aphelios released. Like that's just what, mm-hmm. you know, that's just what it is. Um, and I think that, I personally think that it's the amount of money on the line and the insistence on if you go in and you lost because the other team 
outplayed you and there were some mechanical mistakes, that's on the players. But from an organizational standpoint, I think a lot of, because in that culture, the league culture, it seems like the coaches have a lot of power when it comes to picks and bans in particular. Um, like for Cloud9, when they hired LS, it was like, LS is going to do all of the drafting. He is going to talk to the players about what they want to pick. But at the end of the day, it is LS's call what they pick. Um, Ro, I assume that's not how it was uh, for you guys. I haven't heard of any smite teams in that way. I've had teams where they've just like wanted to elect one person just to have the last say. Mm-hmm. So I've done that before. But it, that wasn't the case in the Bolts. That might have been the case on the Renegades when we were going through some like really bad times where we just needed to yeah. simplify anything and get back to like the really like those were some sad times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have that on energy and I didn't have that on, on um, Knights either. So no, I don't think there's any coach in Smite that just controls drafting completely. Right. Um, that I know of, at least. Um, I haven't spoken to coaches recently, but yeah, I doubt they're doing it. Mostly it's just the, the players. Um, I, I would also argue that draft is less important in Smite than it is in like, League of Legends. I think execution is more important in Smite than it is in League of Legends. Yeah, I agree. League of Legends is a much more lane-centric game. It's a much more punishing game. Comebacks are much harder. Um, it's it's harder to hit get... abilities in, in Smite as well. So yes. like it's much more important to have your player on a god they're really good at it than have the most ideal god in that situation. Obviously, best of both worlds would be great, but right. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that the nature of the, the game of League of Legends and the... You know, it's like in traditional sports when you your team goes out there and you lost because they dropped a pass or they missed a shot. What are you going to do about that? You know, you can't change that. But if your game plan sucked, then the organization is going to fire the coach because they're in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because the money is more similar, the structure is more similar. Um, and that leads to more homogenized picks. that they, were, they are not willing to risk their own jobs and jeopardize their team's success by being a little bit more... You know, I'm not saying they never experiment, but if Jinx is open, they're taking Jinx. You know, that's all, that's all I'm yeah, saying. I mean, um, it's, it's also the case of just, like, you can't make everybody happy as well. Like, yep. this, this player that likes this god that's good for six years is, is going to be happy about it, right? Yep. And, and I guess we're talking to Genetics, who, to be fair, just wants to play Horus, and sure. he's just mad that Horus is better in solo lane. Um, which is a fact, <laughs> a flat fact, and he can play his Nuwa support and ranked, and uh, and that's it. Nuwa, Nuwa undervalued, by the way. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Nuwa personally, but maybe not in support. That's uh, I think I can leave that one behind. All right, we've been going for a long. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Barry. Oh, sorry. No, no, please. Oh, I was going to say new IDC. You know, it's got to be good. Emilito back. The old Emilito yeah. special, baby. True. <laughs> The old Emily. We're gonna lose special. lane anyways. Lock and Nua. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of my old Xbox days, my former teammate Uzzy in solo. He used to always want to play Nua solo, and when we'd say Uzzy, that's really bad. He'd say, "What do you mean? I can't get zoned. I just fog from my tower, and I still get the XP uh, and gold." And I, I hate like, when people come up with arguments like that, and you're just like, "That's not even what I'm Uzzy's, talking Uzzy's about." Uzzy is the king of those arguments. <laughs> I love that guy, man. I love him so much. The way he thinks about the game is just. So different than anybody else. He once was convinced that this was all season two and on Xbox. So take it all with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was convinced that Jean-Cui Solo was OP because, and I quote, I have two auto attacks. So I take the tower twice as fast. There you go. Has he thought about coaching? You'd have to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that... uh, (laughs) 
If you're, dude, I'm telling you, an SPL team should have picked him up last year, man. When it was the Nike Ardio Cthulhu meta, Uzzy is the, is the happy, he is as happy as a pig in mud whenever he gets to play Ardio Cthulhu Nike every game. He did, he, he did all right in play-ins, right? Yeah. Yeah. So When it's his meta, he's going to slam. If it gets yeah. to like Osiris meta, you're host. Um, yeah, King Arthur, nope. Nope, but. Nike has to be the most boring god in Smite. Well, has to be. Well, maybe. Like if I if I had to rate them, it's Nike, and then like wait, this just inspired me. It. This inspired me for a troll arena idea. What if I build okay. full movement speed Nike, and I just see how far back I can push someone with my two? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Thank you. That's see. That's what I'm bringing to the playtest, boys. That's what I'm bringing. That's, that's, that's the arena with the holes in it, though. That's the one you have to play test. Yes, that, that, would be, that would be good. Save it for that at least. I should also clarify, by the way, don't go into your actual casual arena games and and, and then say I said it was okay. Please don't do that. I don't want to read that Reddit post. It's just gonna be bad. Don't in mm. your arena games. Play with some friends. Do a suboptimal build. Try to win, but don't be so worried about the outcome of the game. That's my official mm. advice. You know? I just wish you're like Hawks stuff right now, dude. I kind of am, huh? Go Hawks. We're playing on Wednesday in the play-in. Do or die game Woo! at home against the Charlotte Hornets. I will not be going, um, but I want to be. But I'm not going to be. But I want to be. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's time for our random question of the week that I definitely have not thought about at all. Most boring gone smite. Um, well, random question of the week has never been smite related, Barra. It's kind of against Okay, sorry. Plans. Sorry, kind of guys. It's Bacchusura, by the way. Um, but That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What is my random question of the week? Um, okay. I've got one. Uh, okay. it, is, it is my grandma's birthday today. Shout out to, to my nunny. She's... Uh, She's getting a year older. Um, I'm saying it that way because I never remember anyone's age, and it's horrible, and I know it. Um, but it, I just, I'm just so bad at remembering people's ages. Same. Um, yep. But it's her birthday today, and one of I really identify with her because she is a natural troll. Like if she was born <laughs> in our era, she would be an internet troll for sure. She would be mm-hmm. posting the most insane thoughts on Twitter all the time. And to give you an example, um, my family is, uh, she has three, you know, she has three children, one of which is, of course, my mom. And Mm -hmm. they're all very worried that she uh, is very forgetful. You know, she's getting more forgetful. It's a common uh, thing to worry about when people get older. Very sad. Mm -hmm. But in Nuni's case, she's just trolling. Like, she'll intentionally, like, forget (laughs) things. And then, like, get, like, if we're at a dinner or something like that, and they'll be like, hey, Noni, you know, what's, uh, what's, what's this? She'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. And then they'll, like, turn and whisper because my family's, like, super into, like, gossip. They'll, like, turn and whisper, like, oh, my God, she forgot something again. And she'll look over and she'll just, like, wink at me real quick. And then to the point where my family made her take, like, uh, a dementia test with, like, her doctor. Like, made her schedule one. Oh, no. And then she aced it. And then she laughed at them afterwards. And my mom was like, how did she do so well? She for, she forgets everything. And I was like, mom, I've been trying to tell you not to worry. She's trolling you. Like, she's just being a troll. 
And I love that about her. And I really see, I see where I get my want to run around with, ult, you know, pure sense, ultimate yeah. uh, damage Rama in an arena playtest. Like so I see when myself. When your coworkers complain about it, you just, it's in my blood. It's in my it's blood. Not, there's nothing, nothing there's nothing I can yeah. do about it. Uh, do you guys have a family member like that, that you, uh, that you identify with in, uh, in a, not necessarily in a trolling way, but that you go, oh yeah, I know where I got that aspect of me. Oh, well, I have two, uh, one for my mom, one for my dad, my mom's compassion and like oh, that's nice. kindness. I think I definitely carry that a lot because I just have a lot of patience for situations I probably shouldn't have patience for and same with people. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always trying to see like the kindness in people and like, Oh, it's not their fault, their X or Y, you know, like that's just how they are. Like I shouldn't hold it against them. Mm-hmm. And I'll say my, I think my dad has a very good way of communicating with people. Mm. Um, and I think I definitely got that from him where he's like, he's stern enough to make you see the point, but also says it in a nice enough way to where you're not like offended by it. Mm. Um, and it's like the it's not like the ugly truth, but it's like the truth that you need to hear sure. to better yourself. Mm. Um, and I definitely have both of those like mixing together in my conversations. As I get older, I'm more aware of how I talk to people and like what I say. And I I definitely see like a lot of them in me. Yeah. So it's it, it's cool to see as I get older. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I've got one like that too, but I'll let Rogo first. I think I relate most with my dad um, on two major things. One is when things are outside of your control, it's really easy. He like watching him growing up, he would ne- if it's out of his control, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It's like even mm-hmm. if it's a bad thing that's happening to him, like he had a, a very mild mild stroke recently, and he told me about it like two weeks later, and. <laughs> It happened while he was driving, and he just kept going, and wow. like, which is not good. <laughs> no, then, that's all you're supposed to. And do. his arm is, has been tingling like ever since. Um, and he went to the doctor and like, yeah, you had a mild stroke. You know, you can't drive for three weeks and stuff like that. And he he just like doesn't care. It's like, well, he talking to me. He's like, well, you can't do anything about it. Like, what? <laughs> it's like I I could tell yeah. you about it, but there's no point being sad about it because it happened. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. You just life goes on type thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then. That I, I like from him, even though that situation sucks. Um, one thing I don't like from him is you were talking about remem- remembering names earlier. Mm-hmm. I have like the very short term where when my dad would talk to my brothers or me and my brothers growing up, if we're all in the same room, if he's trying to talk to one of us, so he's trying to talk to me, um, Daniel is my name. And my brother's name is uh, Stephen, Matthew and, and Michael. He would always, if he's trying to talk to me, he goes through every single name before he gets to me. So if, if, he's, if he's trying to say something to me or get to my attention, he's like, Stephen, Michael, Matthew, uh, Daniel. I do that to everybody. And I do the, if I'm looking left and I'm talking about something that's left, I'll say right. I don't know why. So, and it was really bad if I had to shot call and smite as a jungler, like back in the day, I'd say, I'm ganking left. I'm in solo lane, in the right lane. And my solo lane has no idea I'm there. Like, I, I don't know why that happens, but yeah, so it's a thing with the brain. That's um, so maybe funny. I had a mild stroke. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, other than that, I think I'm very, very different to, to most of my family. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I love them all, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. 
um, and I can't wait to see them again. But there's a reason I'm literally on the other side of the world doing, you know, playing video games when none of them play video games and they've never left Australia. So right. Other than my dad's like traits like that, I don't get much. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm very much like my dad as well. Joe points it out to me all the time, um, which uh, I'm very happy about because I think my dad owns. But my dad is very slow in everything that he does. He speaks very slowly. He like he's very thoughtful to a point where, when we would go to a grocery store when I was younger, he would have to look at the differences between two different taco shell brands. For like five minutes, he would just stare at both. I respect of them. that. And he'd I have to, and he would just, he would have to get the right one. And I definitely have a lot of that in me, but I feel like I get all of, uh, I get a, all, almost every single one of my personality traits from my dad, and and also the way that I think. But I get my speed and my passion from my mom. My mom is like the fiery like wears her heart on her sleeve like all you know will get in your face if she's mad will be really happy when she's happy like she's just all energy and like passion and my dad is like very calm like doing his thing he needs everything to go at his pace uh none of you will be surprised to hear that they did not their marriage did not last very long but it's because they're total opposites and and i think that i'm just like I'm this such a weird mix of these two complete opposite things that uh, <laughs> that is very funny. They are also both the two most chronically late people of all time. I am also chronically late, but far better than them, and I think that's a miracle. Um, they are they are thirty minutes late to everything at least. Um, I am consistent. You can always count that I will be exactly two minutes late to anything. I will not be more than five minutes late, but I will be two minutes late. And I think that that type of reliability is good. In scrims, that was late, and it's like, well, the enemy team's going to be late anyway. Was that you? No, I'm the guy who's there two minutes afterwards and saying, like, oh, sorry. The other team's saying that. Agro's going to be late anyway. It doesn't matter. But only by two minutes. I'm going to be there two (laughs) minutes. If we're scrimming at 11, I will be there at 11.02 on the dot. Guaranteed. I'm not missing it. That's, uh, That's my unreliable reliability as i like to call it um all right well thanks everyone for listening make sure you give us a rating uh, all that kind of stuff ro thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to come on the show always great to have you um we will be back next week to talk about patch notes which are a big one um a new god is coming out maybe uh it is lermy's first god which i'm really excited about i've been playtesting yu huang a lot um and he is a ton of fun and I can't wait for uh, for everyone to get their hands on them. So I think that I'm going to try and get uh, Lermy on here at some point to talk about good old uh, Yu Huang. You know what's messed up about Yu Huang, by the way, is that I decided that name's too difficult to say in the middle of uh, in the middle of a fight. So I started calling him Hugh because it, you know it's kind of like it's kind of like in between, right? Instead of saying Yu Huang, I was like just that's Hugh's three or whatever. Like that's Hugh's alt, whatever. Then I'd probably go with. It, yeah like it, it it's it, it was really working and then we hired a new designer oh no named hugh <laughs> like the next week <laughs> and i was mad i was mad because i don't because like i you know i'm really glad to have hugh on the team he's dope mm. but now i can't call you now i gotta go back to saying you huang in the middle of the team fight and that's it it isn't as natural to me uh, it made me mad I want to call him Hugh. 
Knowing pro players, That's... they're calling him you. Right, Hugh's a good, it's good and short, you know? You're not going to mess it I'm up. I'm calling him Yong, bro. There's no way I'm saying Hugh. <laughs> what you... Hugh is so hard to say for me. What? It's like what? calling Hu Yi, like, I just call Hu Yi Yi. Wait, that's, that's not that. That's fine. Uh, I that. guess Thank that's you. fine. But Hugh, that's not going bad. saying like who, 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 like that's just not going to sound great. Right you're fine. not an owl, Para. It's Hugh. No, who ye? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, thanks. Okay, guys. Thank you. Okay, what, what, are you gonna, what are you going to call Yu Huang? It's Yi and Yang, bro. Oh, who okay, ye? Yeah, no one's ever going to get. You're going to. You're going to be fine. Watch the first time the Bulls play against Yu Huang. It's going to be a nightmare. It is. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> they're not going to know. Uh, they're not going to know who to hit. That's something sure. must be happening in their comms. They're just not playing right. They're just not. They're not playing around this Yu Huang at all. Really had to, really bad. We had to rename Morgan to MILF, like MLF, because Morgan and Morgan, and people somehow got confused, even though they were never on the same they're team. They're never on the same team. They're barely ever in the yeah, same that's what game. We're saying. How do you need to? We named it MILF. I don't know. I'm not the guy that came up with it. I'm just the guy that has to say it because that's what we say. Who came up with it? I don't remember. Yeah, just, it just infected oh, comms. It, it might have been someone outside of the team, but otherwise, I think it was Haddocks. I was gonna say mm-hmm. that's a Haddocks. That I would yeah. be shocked if it wasn't Haddocks. Yes. Do you still call Guan Yu Gun? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that one's a good one. That's because like, I mean, I that, pronounce Guan. Yes, that's lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that. That's we'll how he normally says, you know. So yeah, let uh, let us know what last decides to call Yu Huang. Then uh, that's actually good. Yeah, that's that'll good. be that'll be good. Yeah, that's gonna be the worst calm day we ever have. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> that should be good. If nothing else, get excited for Yu Huang's release just to hear the content uh, yeah. from the Bolts about it. Make sure checking out midmobile.com/backliners again. You get uh, great wireless service for just fifteen bucks a month. And we'll see. And free dates. And free dates. Don't forget about that. I think, um, Barra, you know what to do. Bye. Clean. Oh, that was such a good one. That was so good. Good work. Thank you.